Welcome to the 21st Century K Podcast. I'm Hannah. I teach elementary school and I help other teachers bridge the gap between traditional elementary and 21st century expectations. In this episode, we're going to uncover my biggest teacher business struggle and actually one of the biggest nemesis of my entire life, imposter syndrome. Maybe you've heard of it, Maybe you haven't, but my guess is at some point, it's been a struggle for you too. Thanks for joining. If you've been following me over on my Instagram stories, you already know that my biggest struggle in my teacher business and maybe in my life is imposter syndrome. I've been kind of pushing myself beyond my comfort zone and sharing about how I've researched imposter syndrome over the last few months and how I'm personally trying to get past that struggle and change my thought patterns so that I can improve my outlook and my actions and move the needle forward, as they say, in my teacher business. But Uh, The more that I dig in, the more I'm finding this affects a lot of aspects of my life, not just my teacher business and whether or not I go live and put my face online. When I first started learning about imposter syndrome a few years ago, I really thought it was only about social media. And it was just about the idea that people put a perfect life out there for others to see, thinking that that's how they are on the daily, when in reality, everybody's life is kind of a mess. And sort of understanding that social media isn't necessarily how the everyday grind goes for the people who just show you the highlight reel of their lives. And so I really kind of put it in a compartment in my head and thought that it just sort of went along with social media. But over the course of the last few months, I've really been studying about it in an effort to push myself on the social media front. And I've found that it affects a lot more aspects of our lives than just whether or not we show up for Instagram stories every day. Actually, the definition of imposter syndrome is the feeling that you're a fraud and the fear that you'll be exposed. It's a nagging feeling that in certain situations you don't belong because you're not good enough, because there's someone better than you, or you don't deserve the achievements you've gotten because maybe they've just been by a stroke of luck instead of a result of your own achievements and your own hard work and effort. Two clinical psychologists in 1978 coined the term imposter syndrome. When I heard that, I was really surprised because I was thinking it only had to do with social media, which has been in the much more recent past. But all the way back in the late 70s, women especially were struggling with thinking that they weren't worthy, worth enough, weren't... Um, putting their real face out there. And when you think about especially the history of women in this country and in the world, it really makes a lot of sense. But it isn't just women that it affects. In fact, the International Journal of Behavior Sciences says that 70% of all people have felt imposter syndrome at some point in time 
or in one way or another. You see, it's not just about putting your best foot forward on social media platforms and playing the highlight reel of your life. It's also about how you feel in the workplace, about how you feel in your family and your home and your place among your peers and your community. It's really about your internal dialogue and the thoughts and feelings you have surrounding things that you want to work for and achievements that you've made. Now, some people are more prone to imposter syndrome than others, but it doesn't make either group of people any more or less successful necessarily. It's just that if you are a high achieving person who also suffers from imposter syndrome, you can sometimes spin yourself into a cycle of not accomplishing things because you set too high a goal knowing fully you're not going to reach it. (laughs) That was a mouthful, but if you feel it, you know exactly what I mean. One of the ways to combat combat imposter syndrome is to try to dig in and figure out the origin of your feelings. And even though I think I've probably just been hardwired to always think this way, I can remember a precise time where imposter syndrome crept in and had I given in to my thoughts and feelings, it might have changed the trajectory of my entire life. You may be thinking this has something to do with my relationships or my college major, but no, this goes all the way back to spring of my freshman year in high school when I decided to try out for our marching band's color guard. I went to the week's worth of rehearsals. I practiced and I was learning something completely new and I felt completely out of place. It was tough, and the perfectionist in me did not like the fact that I had to practice and that I couldn't do each move perfectly the first time I tried. I was super discouraged after the first few days of tryouts, and by the night before our official tryout day, I was a wreck. I convinced myself and I told my parents I was the worst girl trying out for the squad. It was a rainy night and so I was in the garage with a six-foot flagpole trying to practice my tryout routine and having no luck improving my skill set. After the third or fourth time I banged my flagpole into the wall or worse my mom's car, I had given up. I threw the flagpole down with a clank, went into the house, and was a sobbing mess, professing that I wasn't going to try out because I didn't want to embarrass myself and because I couldn't do it. Thankfully, my parents recognized the way I was thinking and feeling and talked me off the ledge and pretty much forced me into trying out because There's another part of imposter syndrome that you have to work through, and that is when you are a perfectionist and you do fail, how do you respond to that? So in this situation, my parents really didn't know how things were going to turn out, but they knew that I wanted to do this, that I had worked hard all week, and that I owed it to myself to at least try, even if I didn't make the squad. At tryouts, 
We went in small groups, and at the end, they had a callback group where they picked several girls to come in and go through some of the skills and the routine again. I wasn't called in the callback group, and I knew that that meant I was cut. I believed that I hadn't made the team because I wasn't called in for the second round, and so my thoughts and my worries and my beliefs had come true. Little did I know, though, (laughs) that I had already made the squad in the first tryout group that I was in. And when they posted the list of numbers, mine was toward the top because as the band director told my dad later, I was a natural and I had been one of the best new girls to try out for the squad. I made the squad then as a sophomore and went on to be the section leader my junior and senior years in high school. I went on to March Color Guard in college where I was also the section leader my sophomore, junior, senior year, and I taught two local marching bands over the summer during college and was the instructor for the college-level marching band for seven years after I graduated college. Imagine... If I had succumbed to my fears and my imposter syndrome beliefs that I was the worst one, that I was a fraud, and that I wasn't even worthy of trying out. Now, I know that this is a dramatic teenager rendition of feeling this way, but it's certainly applicable to things and times in my life since I've become an adult. And truly, when I think about it, If I hadn't tried out that day, so many things in my life would have changed. My best friends were on color guard and in marching band with me. And when I came to college, I met my husband in marching band. And being an instructor was my first real job. And it taught me so much that I have since carried on to my actual teaching job. To this day, I still live in the town where I went to school. I still enjoy seeing the color guard. And I have a family thanks to the fact that I didn't give up on that very first tryout. I bet you can think about some turning points in your life where you might have been afraid, where you might have chosen not to do something, and maybe it changed everything, or maybe you didn't fall victim to those feelings. You did persevere, and you can see the benefits of having put yourself out there a little more and having ignored those imposter thoughts just to achieve your wildest dreams. So now that I know where my imposter syndrome kind of started, and I can see how it's played out in one aspect of my life, I can also be reflective about other parts of my life. I can see how imposter syndrome has affected me as a mother and a wife and a friend, how it affects me as a teacher and really and truly how it affects me as a teacher business owner. So many times if you feel this imposter syndrome feeling of doubt and insignificance and inferiority creep in, you can stop yourself just short of achieving the things you want to achieve. And maybe it's not starting a teacher business or building an empire online. Maybe it's not making the color card or something on those lines. Maybe it's something simple. But my hunch is that 
You've felt the feelings before, and you can probably think about how changing your mindset, changing your thought patterns can affect your feelings and in turn affect your actions going forward and can influence all that you could achieve. Now that I've shared my story, I would love to hear about yours. Join me over on Instagram stories, comment and interact there and DM me. I would love to hear about your imposter syndrome and how we can work together to get over these thoughts and feelings. So we've completed step one. I've talked about the origin of my feelings and how I first remember feeling this way, along with acknowledging what it is and that everybody feels it at some point or another, and it's okay. It's always okay to feel your feelings, but what we have to work on next is specifically identifying them and finding ways to battle back. I hope that this has touched you in some way and that you will spend this week being aware of those feelings of imposter syndrome and looking for ways that you can overcome them in your own personal life. Thanks for listening. One of the things that has helped me the most over the years when building my teacher business and when fleshing out my ideas and silencing imposter beliefs has been talking to my coaches. I've worked with a couple of different people over the years in group settings and one-on-one settings and in person and online and really and truly the value of talking with a coach is just being able to say all the things you've been thinking out loud. I know for one of my business coaches, I just love talking to her and my words completely spill out because I know that I'm talking to someone who understands, who feels how I feel, has been in my shoes, and has had proven success with her teacher business online. I would love to be that for you. If you are a teacher who is trying to get started in the online world and you're not sure where to begin, or maybe you have tons of ideas floating around in your head and just need some clarity and some direction on what to do next to get started, I'm here for you. Click the link in the show description and join me for a one-on-one coaching call. I would love to help you narrow down your business goals and make a to-do list so that you can take actionable steps to move your teacher business forward. Plus, I'm always up to make new teacher best friends and would absolutely love to meet and chat with you. Thanks for listening.